0: I care about statistical scarcity more than positional scarcity. Have I killed fun? Yes. Podcast is going off the rails already.
1: They're they're pop-ups. They're not infield fly balls.
0: These guys told you to look at FIP, not ERA. So wait for Kluber's sale, but pass on Robbie Ray. Hey, real quick, Scott's bummed about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal. Mount Rushmore.
1: Welcome everybody, it is August 1st, that means the non-waiver trade deadline has passed, and I am Adam Azer, I am here with young and foolish Scott White. Remember what he said yesterday? He was like, ah, we already had so much going on with the trade deadline, how could it, you know, maybe it won't be that crazy, maybe nothing will
0: happen. You, sir, were not prepared. You were not prepared. I was invalidated less than an hour later. That's right. And the most surprising trade of all of them—no rumors leading up to it whatsoever—went down, and that, of course, is Tommy Pham to the Rays. Yeah, that was so strange. It was crazy. Yeah, and for for not really a great return, considering how we've come to think of Tommy Pham on this podcast. I mean, we know we've been frustrated him at times this year, especially recently, but he was. In the MVP conversation a year ago, and he's pre-arbitration, like he's making nothing under control for a long time. And, uh, the Rays got him for cheap, so good for them.
1: They got him for Genesis Cabrera, Justin Williams, and Roel Ramirez. Uh, I kinda love, and they also got international bonus pool money, I kinda love what the Rays have done. They, uh, they traded yeah. Archer, and they got, you know, hopefully they can make something out of Glass Now in Meadows. I think they did a great job. Um, but, but let's talk fantasy. Who's like one or two trade winners
0: from the deadline? Okay. So this might seem like kind of a funny take because obviously he wasn't involved in any trades yesterday, but I think Kirby Yates is the biggest winner. Fantasy owners have been so hesitant to pick him up since Brad Hand uh, was sent to the Indians right after the All-Star break. The assumption being, well, Yates is going to be traded too, but there, there was no, Urgency to trade him. He's under control. He's cheap. And, uh, and now he's not going to move. He's not going to be the kind of player who passes through waivers in August. So he's, he's the Padres closer from now to the bitter end. (laughs) And he's awesome. He's really good. So the fact he's still available in nearly 40% of CBS sports leagues needs to change.
1: Okay. Yeah. And honestly, I I know this isn't trade related, but. A.J. Minter needs to be owned in more leagues, too. Minter is uh, 52% owned. Yates is 63% owned. Erodis Viscayeno is still a long ways away from throwing.
0: Yep. Who would you have? I think have? I saw Mark Bowman, one of the Braves beat writers, on Twitter yesterday saying, uh, even though the Braves are hopeful Guyano is going to be back, he himself is skeptical. Like, the, the beat writer himself is skeptical. So, yeah, Minter looks like he has a pretty good security right now.
1: Who would you rather have, Yates or Minter?
0: I would rather have Yates because even though he's only gotten one save since that trade happened, I'm still optimistic that the Padres will provide him with regular enough opportunities like they did hand. And I think he's just better than Minter.
1: Okay. Um, any trade winners in terms of the players who actually did get traded? Oh, of course. Who'd Chris
0: Archer, I think, is – uh, from yesterday, Chris Archer, I think is the biggest. Because he's finally out of the AL East where he's had, it's, it's been such a headache for him over the years. He had, uh, I believe it's a 470 ERA at his four AL East counterparts parks. Wow. And obviously they, had, all four of them had good lineups for most of that stretch he was pitching, including, I mean, the Orioles usually did too. Uh, so it, it was a really tough, division to navigate and now he goes to the NL Central which has a couple pretty good hitter park itself but the lineups there's just no comparison to those AL East lineups For his career he has like a 340 ERA I think about that in every park that's not Toronto Yankees Red Sox Orioles yeah so,
1: and now he gets to is- face the pitcher
0: so yeah, you're not picking up you're not yep. picking
1: up uh Archer, but that's obviously a good thing. You know he's he's universally owned. And he's only three and five.
0: So this should give him a better chance to get some wins as well. And he hasn't had a winning season for the race since I think twenty fourteen, wow. and we keep drafting him as an ace, which, you know, he's he's still pretty good in spite of that, but man, the Pirates the Pirates are Pirates were dealing yesterday like they were hoping to win the wild cards. So. Yeah.
1: I, I hope they don't, like, win the wild card and then lose the wild card game. But, yeah, they're going for it for sure. So, you know, going from the American League East to the National League is typically a good thing for a pitcher. Yet, I wasn't really moved to pick up Kevin Gosman, who goes from the Orioles to the Braves. Uh Were you? Oh, I would be.
0: Yeah? Uh, I mean, I haven't dropped him anywhere I owned him. I've been oh hopeful all season and... um feel like there are signs that a breakout is close. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at his final 19 starts last year. It was like a 330 ERM. I'm rounding, of course, throwing off the top of my head. Last 19 starts last year was like a 330 ERA, 120 whip, and more than 10 strikeouts per nine innings. What's changed this year is the strikeouts haven't been there, which has led to other troubles. But the sweaty strike rate is still really good. I want to say it's top 25 in baseball good. So the fact that he's escaping the AL East also and going to the NL East, which is mostly pitchers parks, except for Philadelphia, um, mm-hmm. and, I think, and, I think that could be really good. And two think,
1: terrible lineups in there. And, and the Nationals scored 25 runs yesterday, but they were 20th in scoring before that or right around there. So. It's definitely better for Gosman, but yeah, you know he's going to get really innings. Like
0: you know, you know he's going to get run support. Yeah, I I think he's pretty good. <laughs> I
1: I think that we kind of make
0: some excuses for Kevin Gosman. I
1: mean, I, I know you can look at the last one. I, mean, I was excited about him going in, but I just I think I've lost that that enthusiasm. He he's been a dud so far four forty three ERA, one hundred and four strikeouts, one hundred twenty four innings. All right, but Scott sees something, so Kevin Gosman is sixty four percent owned. And maybe you should pick him up. Uh, any trade losers from yesterday?
0: So, Brian Dozier, we're not exactly sure how that's going to shake out with the Dodgers. Which is a shame because we've been insisting all along, hold on, he's going to be fine. I imagine he's going to play close to every day. But Dave Roberts was careful to say he's not an everyday player. And when Justin Turner comes back from the DL, which sounds like it's going to happen this weekend, somebody's going to have to sit every day. I'm guessing it'll more often be like Jock Peterson, Yasiel Puig. I think the fact that Dozier has second baseman cover makes Chris Taylor someone who's pretty easy to sit now. Uh, but it sounds like Dozier could sit some as well. I'm not so worried about Max Muncy. People were freaking out about that. But he's he's the Dodger's... Well, aside from Machado, I guess, he's the Dodgers' best hitter. And uh because Bellinger can play center field, it's pretty easy to just stick Muncie at first base and not worry about the glove so much. So I think he's okay. Machado and Bellinger are obviously okay. But everyone else in that lineup, including Dozier, is at risk. I'm also worried about Travis Shaw. Yeah. Because the plan, obviously, was for him to play second base. Let me just go back to Dozier real quick, if you would mind. Okay, I just want to sure. give some stats... Uh. Last three
1: years, this is his OPS on August 1st. 817, 760 last year, 708 this year. And in August and September, the last two years, so that's four months, but August and September of 2016 and 17, he has hit a combined 40 home runs in those four months. So in a way, we know that he's a great second half player, but August and September in particular, he hasn't gotten hot yet and he still has a 708 OPS. But last year it was 760 on August 1st. He still hadn't really gotten hot and then he, he went crazy in August and September. So I, you know, it, just because he did it each of the last years, it doesn't mean Dozier's going to do it this year. But we have seen in the past, as recently as last year, him enter the month of August with pretty bad numbers and finish with pretty damn good numbers. Uh, yeah, Travis yeah. Shaw, anything you want to add on Dozier or you want to go to Shaw? Sorry.
0: But I just if you look at the batted ball profile for Brian Dozier, he looks like the same hitter, even though he hasn't gotten the same results. So uh, I, I'm still hopeful for him, but obviously there's a little concern now with the playing time issue. And there's, yeah, with Shaw, I worry about a playing time issue as well because the plan was for him to play second base with Mustakis coming aboard. We wondered if it was a very good plan, seeing as he hadn't played that position much. And then the Brewers went out and acquired a red-hot, all-star caliber second baseman and Jonathan Scope. So obviously you would figure he's going to play a lot of second base. Where does that leave Shaw? Well, he might play uh, shortstop,
1: though, Scope.
0: He might. Yep, Craig Council mentioned that possibility that he would play some shortstop. He has played a little in the majors. He played a lot more in the minors. But if you're playing both of your middle infielders out of position. Yeah. I, I just don't know that that's something they'd want to do every day. Uh, and that, that would obviously be bad news for the pitcher. So I, I'm skeptical it's going to be every day. I am, I kind of feel like Shaw's going to bounce around, uh, spell everybody, including Aguilar at first base. I think he's played some outfield before. So maybe even sees occasional starts out there. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful he doesn't lose too much playing time.
1: And Shaw, you know, in his career, not so bad against lefties. At least last year, he was good against lefties. He batted 250 with a 464 slugging. This year, Travis Shaw has 20 home runs. All of them have come against righties. He's batting 214 with a 250 slugging percentage against lefties. So, you know, hmm. Shaw, Shaw is not having the type of year that matches the peripherals. His plate mm-hmm. discipline has been great, 53 walks, 66 strikeouts. We feel like he's been a little unlucky. But these last two moves, getting Moustakas, because Shaw's, like, I think we all think Shaw's better than Mustakis. is my guess.
0: I do, yeah. Yeah. But Uh he has, he has not been this year, but I think he, he is. I, I think the peripherals say he is.
1: Yeah, and, and so, yeah, I don't know what, I think it's, it's feasible that he sits against lefties based on how bad he's been this yeah. year against lefties. We'll have to see. I thought the, the piece going to Tampa Bay in the, uh, or going to Baltimore, excuse me, in, in this deal was VR. He's on the DL, but could be back soon. Um, more regular playing time, maybe a steal source for people, Jonathan VR?
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they obviously don't have much left at Baltimore. So you figure he's going to have to hold down the fort at second base. Um, trying to, because I, I feel like he was playing pretty consistently, and yeah, not so much since they got Brad Miller. I guess.
1: Yeah, thirty percent owned VR. He had sixty-two steals two years ago. He had twenty-three steals in one hundred and twenty-two games last year. Right now, he has fourteen steals in eighty-seven yeah. games. So you need—I mean, AL only certainly VR could help you, but you need some steals. VR might get more playing time. We're gonna go through every trade now and talk about it. Every trade from yesterday. Uh, the Tommy Fan one was crazy. <laughs> um, we, we talked about Dozier I'm going to ask you after this about the minor leaguers That are involved and who we need to know about John Axford goes to the Dodgers That's not fantasy relevant But Archer goes to the Pirates Now on the other end of it Austin Meadows, Tyler Glass now And a player to be named Are are Tampa Bay Rays Are they Is Meadows a starter now For the Rays in the outfield
0: He is beginning at AAA. Okay. So no, not yet. But it's—I imagine it's going to be a matter of a week or two before he's up, starting for the Rays, uh, which is bad news for Malik Smith, Carlos Gomez. If you had any shares in him, is uh, probably done as a starter too. But it's—it's um, it's good news. This is there. There are two other winners from the deadline: Meadows and Glass. Now, because there's just so much more opportunity for them with the Rays. Then with the Pirates, and in fact, Glassnow is actually starting today for the Rays. Now, I don't know that he's stretched out to go uh, the distance of a starter. In fact, I think Jacob Faria, I remember him, is coming back from the DL and is going to piggyback. That's the plan for today's game. But I think eventually they'll each have their own rotation spot. And uh, Glassnow, 11.6 strikeouts per nine innings out of the Pirates' bullpen. a Really impressive fastball, breaking ball. Combo he just doesn't throw enough strikes.
1: Yeah, he, we got to see a lot before we go pick up Tyler Glass now. And Meadows really started struggling after a, a hot start getting called up by the Pirates. So, personally, I'm not picking up Meadows. I'm not in any AL only leagues. Obviously, you're picking him up in AL only, but I'm not mm-hmm. adding Meadows in any mixed leagues, Scott.
0: Maybe like a five outfielder league. I might I might do that. But if like if he was if he wasn't going to AAA, i I'd definitely do that in a five outfielder league. Just you know, obviously not exactly sure when he's going to be contributing, but I think this i mean this could be the change Tyler glass now needs i he's only twenty four he was one of the top two or three prospects pitching prospects in baseball when he was climbing the ladder and uh I think there's a lot of similarities to Archer frankly, when he was coming up. He had control issues, but great fastball breaking ball combo um and, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was 24, the same age as last night when he broke out. So I, I'm not, uh, I'm not rushing to pick up Glass now, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on him.
1: And the Braves got Kevin Gosman and Darren O'Day. O'Day is out for the year. They gave up four minor leaguers and international slot money for Gosman, who we just talked about. The Brewers got scope for VR and two minor leaguers. The Rays got Tommy Pham. All right. Value up, down to the same for Tommy Pham.
0: Probably the same, but I think it's more good news than bad. I, I think he's somebody who could really benefit from a change of scenery. Because, if you remember back in April, there was that, uh, Sports Illustrated article feature, really. Um it was, <laughs> just kind of uh, introduced us to Tommy Pham and how, uh, how colorful of a character he is. But it, in it there was there was some frustration expressed towards Cardinals management for both for keeping him in the minor so long and um they wanted to work out a team friendly deal and fam wasn't having it so it it just seemed like maybe there was stuff happening behind the scenes there uh I mean the fact that the Cardinals traded him at what seems like a discount I think would back that up uh plus like I said on yesterday's show he has made reference to a mechanical issue he's having. He sees in video but can't seem to fix in games. And I think just getting him getting new eyes on him, um new input from new coaching staff seems like it could help with that. So I, I think I, I'm still hopeful fam has a really strong finish here. I'm sure he's gonna play every day. And, so uh, their,
1: their outfield is going to be Fam Kiermeyer Meadows pretty
0: soon. Pretty soon, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I'll say this. uh They traded Wilson Ramos. Underrated winners are AL East pitchers. Boston, Baltimore is terrible now. I mean, they've been terrible, but they have no Machado, no Scope. It's ridiculous. Wilson Ramos has been – well, Bowers has been really good, but Wilson Ramos has been great for Tampa Bay. He's gone. So uh, a little bit helpful. I mean, getting Tommy Pham could be very good, but he hasn't really shown it yet. Uh, oh, he hasn't shown it recently, in the last few months. Uh And another winner, Jose LeClerc, right? Jake Diekman yep. traded to Arizona. Brad Ziegler also going to Arizona. But Diekman, a bigger news item there. LeClerc, you figure he's the Rangers' closer now?
0: I can't imagine who else it'd be. Okay. And uh before the Deekman trade, John Daniels seemed to indicate that LeClerc was the flip favorite anyway. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be Leclerc. I'd pick up Yates over him, but Leclerc is pretty exciting in his own right.
1: Seattle acquired Cameron Mabin. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, they just kind of probably felt a little left out. They hadn't made a trade in like 24 hours. You know the Mariners.
0: Yeah, they were, they were quiet considering they're playing for something. Mm-hmm. That is, that is not like Jerry DePoto at all.
1: Uh, so Mabin, is he a regular player for them?
0: No. Okay. No, he's, he's just legs off the bench.
1: Alrighty. And Wilson Ramos going to Philadelphia. You gotta like that park shift for him. He's still on the DL. He should be back in mid to late August. And Cleveland acquired Leonis Martin, which I'm guessing is not all that fantasy relevant. Nope. Okay. Did I miss anything?
0: Did you miss anything? Uh, let me think here. No, from yesterday. Now, from yesterday, that seems like, yeah. Okay, good. Seems like the big stuff.
1: So, Kirby Yates, Chris Archer, Kevin Gosman—they're winners for Scott. Brian Dozier might be a loser. We'll see about the playing time, and same with Travis Shaw. Uh, Jose Leclerc is also a winner here, and some crappy Rays outfielders that you probably don't need anyway are losers because Tommy Pham and Austin Meadows are going to be replacing them. And here's a tweet of the day. Oh, the minor leaguers. The minor leaguers for the tweet. So prospects that were exchanged here. Anyone really interesting?
0: No. Really? (laughs) Nobody that interesting.
1: Oh, okay, good. Um,
0: I mean, we can't consider the the pirates duo aren't far removed from being prospects. Meadows and and Glass now, but they don't they don't qualify for that anymore. Otherwise, it was like the the guys that the Braves gave up for Gosman I was floored that they didn't give up anybody that notable.
1: Yeah. Well, you know why? Uh, a couple why. are
0: a couple are like top 30 prospects for them but not you know, not anybody who really needs to be on the fantasy radar.
1: Yeah, but it's because he's Kevin Gosman, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so here's our tweet of the day it's from Dominic. Uh who has the best lineup in baseball now? Sox, Dodgers, Brewers, I'd still take the Red Sox since the top three in their order are top 10 in points, but a friend of mine says the Dodgers. Thoughts?
0: No, I'd go with the Red Sox. Uh, the Dodgers are in the discussion. That's fair. But I'd go with the Red Sox. I mean, just their outfield.
1: Well, that, but that's basically, that's not exactly it. Bogart's having a great year. Yeah, The bottom of their order is not great. You know, Jackie Bradley, whoever they're starting at catcher. Uh Kinsler's an upgrade. He's an upgrade. That's
0: a nice... And is on the DL now, which doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers is deeper. Um, The Yankees like, have I mean, the, the deepest proof, lineup the when, is in, when everyone's healthy. The proof healthy. is in the run scored, right? Sure, yeah. The
1: Red Sox, I believe, are one there. When, when, when everybody's healthy on the Yankees, they have the deepest lineup. Like, they'll bat, like, Andujar 8th. But they're not healthy right now. So I think I gotta go with the Red Sox. Best lineup in their outfield. Unbelievable. Uh, the big news. So, uh, there was other stuff that happened in baseball yesterday. Chris Sale is on the DL with shoulder inflammation. They're hoping he will miss only one start. What do you think?
0: It's a little concerning, but if they're hopeful he's only going to miss one start, I'm gonna trust that's what happens and try my best not to freak out.
1: Sure. Uh, U Darvis threw a successful bullpen session and he felt no pain. Do you think Chris, uh, U pitches in August?
0: Yeah. If you're gonna give me the whole month? It would probably be toward the end of the month, but I'll say yes.
1: Carlos Correa could begin a rehab assignment tomorrow. Sean Doolittle had an MRI in his foot that showed no change in his foot. Mentioned Erodus is still a long ways away from throwing and Minter is 52% owned. Carlos Martinez is on the DL, but the Cardinals don't think it's a season-ending injury. But when they say that, that means he's gonna be out for a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. so Carlos Martinez is, you know, going to have kind of a bust of a season, just based on playing time. On oh, cards.
0: speaking of the Cardinals, I just, I forgot to mention one winner. Uh. Oh, yeah. Cause who's replacing Tommy Pham? Well, right now it's a combo of Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill, but I think I think if things play out, Tyler O'Neill will get a bigger and bigger share of the playing time, especially since Dexter Fowler doesn't have much going on at right. I mean, there's no reason why they can't play both. Mm-hmm. And Tyler O'Neill at AAA this year, you project those numbers over 160 games, it comes out to like 70 homers. He's a real masher and now has, is, is at least a semi regular in the majors. So we had, we had already picked him up. Over the weekend in the uh, For the People League, the 16-team categories league, Adam, I don't know that it needs to be owned in 12 team, three outfielder leagues, but in five outfielder leagues or uh, leagues with a lot of teams, Tyler O'Neill definitely somebody to add.
1: Let me tell you something about that league, about the For the People podcast league, 16 teams, head-to-head categories. Scott White is it did not start. Dallas Keuchel this week. Like, you start Colin McHugh over Dallas Keuchel.
0: I thought that was our plan. I thought we talked about that. Well, we
1: started some starters.
0: Yeah. But not Keuchel. We we are facing the best team in the league, and his pitching staff is stacked. So I was saying forget wins and strikeouts. We're going to try and win ERA and whip. Danny Duffy over Dallas Keuchel. A two-star Duffy. Hey, it might pay off. might pay off.
1: Um... So yeah, I I don't really like this format anymore. It just feels <laughs> like doctoring the system. How do we win categories rather than how do we roster the best fantasy baseball players? It's kind of oh we sat Dallas Keuchel, Zach Godley, and Alex Wood this week. That is hilarious.
0: Obviously, I wish we started Godley yeah. over Duffy, but
1: that's okay. I don't blame don't. you. Um, no, it's just uh, this this format is is kind of kind of frustrating to me, but. Yeah. We, we figured oh, it out. We, we, you know, we, <laughs> we figured it out, like, forget starting pitching. We're gonna, like, try to get, we made that trade for Mike Trout, gave up Corey Kluber yep. and something
0: I else. Mean, Mike Trout is our offense. We went 9-1 last I week. Know. I know. I don't think we're going to beat the best team in the league this week, but we are, we are climbing in the standings. We are, we are going to finish over 500. Yeah, let's do it. We'll calling, sh- calling our shot. Took a little too long for us to figure
1: out that strategy. Uh, Ken yeah. Giles expected to join the Blue Jays tomorrow. Justin Turner expected back this weekend, as Scott mentioned earlier. And George Springer is day to day with shoulder soreness. I made an ad drop yesterday. I'm wondering if I'm going to regret it. It's a roto league and I dropped Kyle Tucker for Eloy Jimenez. And I'm hoping Jimenez is up soon. Tucker, he's been really bad. (laughs) I know there's a history of great Astros prospects starting out really bad and being amazing down the stretch, but I think what I was really regretting was, oh, Springer just got hurt. Now Tucker's going to play because Tucker was on the bench yesterday. He came in for Springer. Uh, who would you rather have, Eloy or, or Tucker? And it's again, Springer's day to day.
0: I'd rather have, I'd rather have Tucker. I mean, it's not like, He's striking out a lot. His Babip is really low. It seems like, it seems like there's bad luck to this start. Kind of like, you know, we've, we've cited the Bregman example before. Yeah. it, It seemed like the underlying numbers suggested he shouldn't be doing so poorly when he first got called up. I don't know how many people even remember that. Yeah. Bregman's so good now, but it was a thing that happened. Um, but if it's for a bench spot, like, I think I'm pretty confident Jimenez is going to be up soon, and he's there's a good chance he's even better than Tucker,
1: yeah, and Tucker, I mean, I feel like he sits a lot he's he started one of the last six games for them
0: <laughs> that is a lot yeah. I didn't know this that
1: yeah, two of the last I, eight
0: I do suspect if he gets going, that would change.
1: Yeah, yeah, and maybe this could be a little break for him. Get him back in the lineup. I'm gonna regret dropping him, aren't I? So, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was at the dinner last night. For, uh, the big, dinner. Big night, big night for us. First night out with the kid. First time in like a public place. We just, we sat outside. Don't worry. But two weeks old today, yeah. so that was fun. But we wow. went out to dinner and uh somebody we somebody asked us, you know, do we go to the same restaurant? Like, do we go to this restaurant a lot? I said, yeah, you know, we kind of fall in the habit. We go to the same restaurant all the time. I said, but we like to cook. And, uh, the person said, oh, do you use one of those, one of those services? I was like, you're damn right we do. We use <laughs> Blue Apron and we love Blue Apron. Blue Apron delivers farm fresh ingredients and step-by-step recipes to your door. Even someone like me can cook with Blue Apron. I'm actually getting pretty good at cooking thanks to Blue Apron. If you want some free food, everybody wants free food. Go to blueapron.com slash fantasy baseball. Blueapron.com slash fantasybaseball and get your first three meals free. So you get quick and easy recipe options. You can choose from a whole bunch of things every week. You pick three a week. Uh, perfectly portioned ingredients delivered right to your door. You don't have to go to the grocery store. You don't waste any food. They give you exactly what you need. The dinners are quick to make. They're so good. And I think my favorite thing about them is that you're getting so much variety and, and meals that you would ordinarily never eat. Uh, yeah, they, you get a cheeseburger, but you get a cheeseburger with spicy slaw and pickles and, and cucumbers. You get seared chicken and tangy barbecue sauce. You're making pizza. You're making calzones, pasta, vegetarian options, um, just Asian, uh, Middle Eastern type of food. I'm just going off the top of my head the things that we've had recently, and I absolutely love it. So you want to get this uh, amazing deal, get three meals for free. Go to blueapron.com slash baseball. Blueapron.com slash baseball to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right, Tuesday standouts. Scott, I'm going to go with Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy went three for four with two home runs. They, they scored 25 runs. It was insane. Um, I turned on the <laughs> game, and it was 19 to nothing. And uh, Stephen Mass was long gone. But yeah. it's now 16 good games in a row, batting over 400 for Daniel Murphy. A very high BABIP. And only three home runs in those 16 games, two of them yesterday.
0: He has one. And neither was off Jose Reyes. So that's 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 very good. Because Reyes gave up like five runs in the inning he pitched, understandably.
1: I didn't actually see who he homered off, Daniel Murphy. But I know coming into the game, he had one extra base hit in 25 at-bats against lefties. But I'm assuming he homered off Steven Matz.
0: He did not. Oh, he didn't. He homered off the same reliever twice. It was a reliever whose name I didn't... Recognize. Well, um, doesn't it doesn't matter. What,
1: what do you think about Daniel Murphy right now? Cause it was looking pretty, pretty grim for a while.
0: Yeah, but the strikeouts have been as low as you'd expect. The line drive rate is uber high, actually. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I was a little concerned, obviously, because coming back from a knee injury, you just don't know how that's going to affect a guy, especially one on the wrong side at 30. But I'm also not terribly surprised. He seems to be picking it up now.
1: But do you think Daniel Murphy is going to be vintage Daniel Murphy rest of season? I don't see. I think
0: he will be eventually, and this is the strongest indication we've seen so far. So maybe it'll happen. Maybe it'll happen from today forward. Maybe it's possible. Who do you think is more
1: reliable going forward? Elvis Andrews or Daniel Murphy?
0: I mean, I gotta go with Elvis Andrews, that's safer. Okay. But, uh, Murphy's more impactful if he's, if he's Daniel Murphy.
1: I'm gonna give you one more standout. Jeremy Jeffress. Gotta save. Mm-hmm. Corey Canable only threw like 16 pitches the day before. Yep. What do you think?
0: But, but he's allowed seven earned runs in in his last 10 appearances, Knable has. So I, you brought it up yesterday. I think I thought it was a good point. He, he might be, he might be on thin ice here.
1: Yeah. Jeffers is, is widely available. I think he's like 25% owned. So, uh, really amazing year for him and a good team could be good. You got to stand out for me?
0: Let's talk about Godley. So I'm very excited about Zach Godley. There had been, signs that he was getting right again and uh, the biggest was yesterday seven two hit innings with one walk 10 strikeouts but really for about two months now his uh his breaking ball has been as good as it was last year again and the walks have been down recently here um so it's an 11 appearance stretch 10 of them starts it's a 372 era now but only two home runs, um, the strikeout 68 and 58 innings. So that's a really high rate. And uh, swinging strike rate's been elite. I, I think he's coming around. I think you're going to be happy you held on to him.
1: Zach Godley, only started in 62% of leagues yesterday, struck out 10 Rangers in seven scoreless innings with 19 swinging strikes, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you mentioned the control? Yep. That, yeah, right. I did
0: mention the control. His Four of his last five starts. Right, Just one, one walk. walk Yep. That's now huge. the one that wasn't was four walks But still it's trending the right way
1: Looks like he's lined up for two starts next week Philadelphia and at Cincinnati um, I just want to get these deep league guys Out of the way and tell me if you're interested in them Wade Miley Homer Bailey David Freeze and Jeff McNeil Mets second baseman who is batting 250 with one home run Four walks, four strikeouts so far Uh Wade Miley, Homer Bailey, David Freeze And Jeff McNeil
0: well, Jeff Jeff McDeal's kind of exciting. He has 4 walks I think to 4 strikeouts. has been playing second base every day for the Mets. Yep. I want to say uh and and just had a huge minor league season. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on there. Um the uh, Homer Bailey, who's man, only 4% owned. I was excited when I saw the end result for Homer Bailey cuz remember he, uh, he had kind of a retro Homer Bailey start last time out with a bunch of strikeouts. Only 10 swinging strikes across 8 innings against the Tigers. So even though the end result was good, I'm not sure. It was 18 swinging strikes for Bailey last time. I'm just, I, I thought I'd be putting in claims for him until I looked a little deeper and I'm, I'm not sure. I'm still a little hesitant to pick no, him you should, up. I but, think
1: you should be. <laughs> I think you well, should. I mean, be, two
0: really good starts in a row. All right,
1: but but look at Jordan Zimmerman had like ten really good starts in a row or whatever. You know, I mean, yeah.
0: But, Homer Bailey has
1: been one of the worst pitchers in baseball for for a few years now. How could how could you get excited about him after two starts? Well,
0: There've been so many injuries. That he hasn't had a healthy season during that time, and the stuff is still good. I mean, he's he's still throwing as hard as ever. So I mean, I guess
1: if you want it, yeah, you know, he's four percent
0: owned. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, to help in deeper leagues, if he if he has more than if he, if he has another quality start with about a strikeout per inning, and say more than a dozen swinging strikes next time out, a dozen a three start stretch like that, a dozen? swinging strike, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, well, he should be somebody who does that if he's good, if he's as good as I'm hoping he is. If he does that next time, he has like a three start stretch like that. I I think I think it's. Time to talk about picking him up in mixed leagues, but oh, not yet.
1: Okay. Uh, so that's Homer Bailey. He's got the Nationals this weekend. All right, let's rank some pitchers, Scott. This category is called Rank'Em, Part 1. Rank'Em, Jake Arietta Don't know how he did what he did yesterday. Uh, you know, the, the Red Sox are in a bit of an offensive funk. They haven't hit all that well the past, like, five games. But hats off to Arietta seven innings, one run, seven strikeouts at Boston. Tyler Skaggs, ew, 10 runs in three and a third. He had allowed a total of eight earned runs over his previous eight starts. Uh John Lester, he's been struggling lately. He's uh in, in the five starts before yesterday's dud. He had a 693 ERA and no quality starts. He does get San Diego this weekend. And Masahiro Tanaka has been better lately, but he will be at Boston this weekend. Rank him, Jake Arrieta, Tyler Skaggs, John Lester, Masahiro Tanaka.
0: I will go. I'm still gonna go. Scaggs one. Gonna chalk this one up as just a blip. He had been so reliable and in ways that, um, indicate he was genuinely a high end pitcher, like good swinging strike rate, not a lot of walks, etc. So I'm gonna still go him number one. Tanaka two, just because we know how unreliable he is, and then Arietta three, Lester four.
1: Arietta ahead of Lester, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's just been more reliable. And if, if nothing else, he gets a lot of ground balls. He did it yesterday, which is another reason to wonder why it know, happened. He actually gave up a ton of fly balls to the Red Sox, but it didn't hurt him. Yeah.
1: They actually, let's see, they have, uh, very similar ERAs. 332 for Arietta, 322 for Lester. 38 walks, 49 walks, 87 Ks, 99 Ks. Similar innings, they're having pretty similar seasons. Um, I don't know Lester's whip, but Arietta's is 1.24, which is not very good. So Scott's going Skaggs 1, Tanaka 2, Arietta 3, Lester 4. Alright Scott, rank them, part 2. Zach Godley, John Gray, Jack Flaherty, Walker Bueller. Zach Godley, John Gray, Jack Flaherty, Walker Bueller. Uh, I'll talk about Gray in a second. You go ahead and rank them.
0: Man. That's tough. I'll go Flaherty. What? Yeah. Flaherty, Gray, Godly, Bueller. Do you worry
1: that, Flaherty, Gray, Godly, Bueller, do you worry that Flaherty, Flaherty's wearing down a little bit maybe? He's, uh, he's five straight starts of five and a third or fewer for him.
0: Yeah. I don't know that that's the issue. I think it's more, They haven't been great starts, so you wouldn't expect him to pitch to keep pitching. But it's it's fluky, it seems like to me because the strikeouts have been great. He's not a fly ball pitcher, and yet he's given up a surprising number of home runs. I think he's kind of had bad home run luck. Um, but I never have I never have any fear of starting him. I feel like even his bad starts aren't, aren't terrible, and I think there's there's the upside for him to have great starts, but you know what? If you want to put Gray Godley ahead of him, it they're it's a really close group.
1: Okay, so you went Flaherty, Gray, Godley, Bueller. I did. Yeah, mention I think
0: Bueller's definitely going to be last for me, just because it's unclear right how long he's going to have uh, a starting spot.
1: Yep, that's right. I said maybe he's a sell high candidate, and this was a great start against the Brewers. I'm very excited about his future, but uh, his. His present, they have so many pitchers and striplings on the DL. But he'll be back soon. He's got a foot injury. Uh, Ryu is making his way back. You know, you know how it is with the Dodgers. They got so many guys. Um, also the next two starts for Bueller are Houston at home, which might not be that bad. They, they won't have Altuve. Uh, I don't know about Springer and at Colorado next week. I don't think we're going to start him there. So if Flaherty's number one there, is he ahead of Skaggs or Tanaka from the previous no. group? No. Is he ahead of Lester and Arietta? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, uh, you know, maybe you could tell I'm hungry today, Scott, because all I want to do is give away some free food. I wouldn't exactly call this free. I would call it heavily discounted for a limited time, 80% off an unbelievable amount of food that is completely delicious from Omaha Steaks. What I want you to do is go to omahasteaks.com, and in the search bar, you type in FBT. So it's not a URL. It's not an offer code at the end. It's in the search bar on omahasteaks.com. Type in FBT. I have gotten this package of uh, of meat twice. It is so good. And I was expecting to do a big barbecue. I'm going to tell you in a second how much food you get. I was expecting to do a big barbecue but did not get the chance to do it. I uh, still could. So I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's just cook the burgers and hot dogs ourselves. The hot, the hot It's like my favorite hot dog ever. Unbelievable. Um, and you know what you're getting from Omaha Steaks. Forget about the hot dogs you're getting. Two tender filet mignons. Two beefy top sirloins. Four juicy boneless pork chops. Four chicken breasts. Four steak burgers. Four kielbasa sausages. Four award-winning gourmet jumbo franks. A seasoning packet. And four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets getting thrown in for free. How much is all of that food that could feed like three families? Thirty-nine ninety-nine. A limited-time offer. 80% off. Go to omahasteaks.com. Type in FBT in the search bar. It's summertime, man. Go out there and grill it out with amazing cuts of beef, bison, uh seafood if you want it, omahasteaks.com. Type FBT in the search bar, 39 80% off. Make it happen. It's so good. All right. Mouth is watering. And as I told you earlier, really, I had a Danish this morning. I haven't had a Danish in like a decade.
0: Yeah, you made me want a Danish. It was really Thanks good. Thanks for not sharing blueberry, blueberry
1: filling. Um, news and notes. Every pitcher in New York has hand food, hand, foot, and mouth disease. Jay Happ <laughs> has it. He he may not miss a
0: start, but that's, that's three just baseball people. Really, weird. counting me. We've had hand, foot, you, and mouth disease just since the All Star break. Yeah, I had it right after the All Star break. No kidding. Yeah, it's How, crazy. Was it? Was I didn't it even bad? know I could get it. My kids both had it. But I didn't think I could get it, so. Was it really bad? Uh, it was bad for the first 36 hours. I was, I was, uh, in bed, not wanting to move. Uh, but then once, and it wasn't, I wasn't even, I didn't even realize that's what I had. It was only after that, once I felt better, that you get the spots on your hand and feet. Fortunately, none on my mouth. But yeah, the, it was, uh, the ones on the bottom of the feet were worse because they're sores, like they're not, They weren't really itchy. They were just sore. And so you're stepping on them every step you take, and that could get kind of painful. But it wasn't a big deal. It's
1: fine. All right. That's very weird. Jake Lamb could be out for the season. He has a frayed rotator cuff. Lourdes Gurriel, how about this timeline? He's out two to six weeks with knee and ankle injuries. Quite a difference there. Trey Turner stole two more bases. Adam Eaton continues to sit against lefties. He had started 11 of the 12 previous games, and he had been leading off. And doing fine, but boy, I know Adam Eaton's not a power hitter, but here's what he's done in July. 311, 420 on base. Right away, that's great. 392 slugging. We need a little extra base pop, Adam Eaton. A little bit. Uh Ronald Acuna's heating up. I plan on talking about him probably tomorrow. David Fletcher will be the Angels' regular second baseman. Jimmy He played shortstop yesterday, Simmons sat. Jimmy Nelson threw a bullpen session. Is Jimmy Nelson worth stashing, Scott?
0: I'm not going to say no. I mean, it depends who else you have. He's probably among the top 30 DL stashes to stash. It'll be so late when he gets back, but he was really good last year.
1: Okay, that's Jimmy Nelson. Eric Lauer on the DL, with a forearm strain. All right, are these players under own? I've got ranging from 75% to 33%. Tell me if they're under Kyle Gibson, another quality start yesterday against the Indians. He will be at Cleveland and at Detroit next week, and Kyle Gibson is 75% owned. Is oh,
0: radically under-owned. Oh, yeah. He should be like 95% owned.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this is not, he's, he, you know, this one was a quality start. It was one of his worst starts recently. His six of his previous nine, he had gone seven innings or more, and he's more than a strikeout per inning. He's really good. He's having a breakout season and I think just his win-loss record has kind of covered it up.
1: Kyle Gibson, 75% owned. Pick him up in more leagues. Derek Rodriguez, 66% owned.
0: Yeah, he should be more on than that. He's not a big bat-misser and that's always concerning to me, but he, uh, he has had one bad start his whole time up, I think. Uh, Six plus innings with two earned runs or fewer in each of his past six starts, and obviously a great home venue. He he needs to be more on the sixty six percent.
1: Yeah, next week he's got Houston and Pittsburgh at home. Uh that'd be a little bit of a tough call, I'd say. But I'm leaning towards starting Derek Rodriguez. Yeah, I think I would. How about Jake Bowers, sixty percent owned? He homered yesterday. Is sixty is a sixty percent Jake Bowers under owned?
0: Yes He's had I mean the batting average isn't great But it feels like it should be better With the kind of The quality of contact he makes A lot of line drives And um, now he gets some help from Tommy Pham Hopefully Alright Jake so,
1: Bowers Yep, Jake Bowers or Greg Bird
0: I would rather have Jake Bowers Me too um, I do want to throw this out for Derek Rodriguez He Because he I was trying to state what he did well what he does well he he's a pretty good control pitcher um but he he's kind of had good home run luck to this point. part of that's the park he pitches in he's he'll always have pretty good home run luck, but there may be some regression coming there. I still think he's worth owning Jake Bowers
1: or will Myers
0: uh I will go I'll go Myers. Either format, I was definitely in roto, but I think in points also. I'd stick with Myers.
1: Cole Calhoun is fifty five percent owned. He went three for four with a home run, three RBIs, and a walk. He has changed his batting stance, and it has changed his career. I have a hard <laughs> time. I have a hard time buying that because he just, you know, he hasn't really had a very fantasy relevant career. But maybe there, yeah. You know, look, it happens. It happens. It happened for Jose Bautista, uh J.D. Martinez. Well, wait a second. D- Daniel wait Murphy. A second.
0: He hasn't had a fantasy relevant career. He's had, he had a three year stretch from 2014 to 2016 where he's pretty much owned everywhere. I mean, he wasn't all star level player. He was, he was pretty replaceable. He's pretty
1: replaceable. Like he, he, Cole Calhoun has never slugged higher than 462 in his career in a season. He doesn't steal bases. He probably should not have been owned everywhere, but he was for whatever reason. He,
0: yeah. I mean, he put up points and, and remember 2014-2015. Um you know, the offensive environment was a little different in baseball then.
1: Yeah, a little, but still, I mean this is I, I always felt he was overrated in the fantasy community. And and Maybe then he became overrated. completely not rated. Yeah. And now he's back, he's fifty five percent owned Cole Calhoun. Is that too low?
0: Yeah, it's too low, given how hot he is right now. I don't know that it needs to be eighty percent. But he's 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 on fire the last two months. A well, month and a half, really, since he came back from the DL. 10, 18 OPS in 35 games. So uh definitely somebody you want in your lineup right now.
1: Jake Bowers is also outfield eligible. Would you rather have Calhoun or Bowers?
0: I'd rather have Bowers. Okay.
1: Calhoun or Gregory Polanco?
0: Polanco. Yeah. May... I don't want to say it, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to jump to conclusions. Don't uh-huh. want to say it too soon. But the breakout maybe, uh, yeah, maybe maybe happening.
1: He was the player uh, he was the player I loved in 2017. So it only uh-huh. took only took a year and a half. So yeah. everybody, you better watch out for Greg Bird after the All-Star break next year. That's all I got to say. Um how about Johan Camargo 33% owned? The plate discipline has actually gotten worse. It we're, has. We're seeing some power though for Camargo. He's thirty
0: three percent owned. Is he under owned? And he's. We're seeing some babip correction. He's definitely under owned. It's such a low number. Um, I'd rather have him than Dansby Swanson. And he's eligible to shortstop and third base. Does he need to be more than like sixty five, seventy percent owned? Probably not. But he's. He's a pretty good middle infield option. Maybe third base option if you play in a deep league
1: would you rather have camargo or justin turner
0: i would rather have justin turner
1: i mean, I mean it yeah, seems I mean, like an obvious answer but he hasn't he he's been bad justin turner yeah
0: and obviously he's on the dl now but right no it's it's easily justin turner like i standard head to head line of there's there's no reason to pick up johan camargo okay it's he's under owned because it's what 33% yeah but he shouldn't be anywhere close to universally owned.
1: Uh, fringy starting pitchers, Tanner Roark. You liked him as a two-star pitcher, and he had a great start against the Mets, and he's off to a great start this week. Steven Matz, quite the opposite, seven runs in two-thirds of an inning. Um, in his previous 15 starts, he had a three forty-eight ERA. Matt Boyd, Matt Boyd with a really good start against Cincinnati. And Trevor Cahill is 39% owned. And he had a good start against the Blue Jays. So three good starts Roark, Boyd, and Cahill. One bad start, Matt. I'm assuming Roark is uh the head of the class here, and he's the most owned by far.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, he's the he's the top dog. <laughs> Second is Cahill. Matt's and Boyd. Really no interest. And Bullpen. So Vasquez got a
1: save for Pittsburgh. Sir Anthony Dominguez got a save for Philly. Jeremy Jeffers got a save, as we mentioned, and Hector Rondon got a save. And uh, that, you know, who knows, maybe that's his last save. Again, <laughs> Ozuna is going to be back this weekend. He's eligible to come back on Sunday.
0: That's Scott- a Dominguez update. That's three of the Phillies' past four saves have gone to him. And the one that didn't it was Pat Neshek. It wasn't Victor Arano. So hopefully Dominguez is back in the driver's seat there.
1: All right, let's read some emails to finish the show We see if we maybe get a lot in here. I knew that today would be sort of an unusual show with all the trade deadline stuff, but uh hope it's been helpful for you. Here's Jason in Windsor, Ontario, or his name is Jason Windsor, and he's from Ontario. I think it's the first, though. Um, hey, awesome, super, charming, and heroic. I don't know if that's – oh, Adam, Adam Scott, Chris Heath. Awesome, yeah. super, charming, heroic. All right. First letter, yeah.
0: All right. I don't know that Heath is heroic, but it's well, fine.
1: <laughs> begins with H. I'm a head to <laughs> uh, head, head to head, twelve team, team uh, twelve team league looking for RBIs and home runs on my waiver wire. Any recommendation? And what is the value of Tyler White rest of season?
0: Uh, I mean, that's the pick a random player off the waiver wire. Like who's who's available? That's always the first question. Um, Well if he's
1: asking about Tyler White I'm guessing that we're looking a little deeper Not to like a Jake Bowers
0: I like Tyler White I hope he gets a chance to play More than We have reason to believe he will Right now He's started I think three straight games Because Altuve's on the DL And guriel has been playing some second base Huge season at AAA this year Tyler White He walks a lot He's got the power of a corner infielder Um, but he's 27 and hasn't, has had a hard time squeezing his way into the Astros lineup. So yeah, 333 with a 444 OBP and a 1013 OPS at AAA Fresno this year. Definitely keeping an eye on him, but he's not, he's not 12 team mixed league material yet.
1: Yeah, Nick Williams. Like we're going to go a little deeper here. Okay. Cole Calhoun, obviously pick, pick him up if you want. Steven Piscotti's been hot. Michael Conforto's been really good. But Nick Williams is thirty percent owned. Um Eloy Jimenez is now fifty-six percent owned. Tyler O'Neal twenty percent owned. Um,
0: Robert- Tyler Tyler yeah, ty- oh you just said him. Tyler O'Neal. Yeah. Uh he needs to play every day, but he could make up a lot of grounded home runs in a short amount of time.
1: Randall Gritchick, twenty four percent owned, might want to give him a try too. Uh, Okay, an email from Doug in Atlanta. A follow-up. Dear Roger, Stark, and Banner. Comic book stuff. Last week I emailed the show with an Aaron Judge dilemma. Since none of you were super thrilled with the offers I received, I decided to duct tape together some offense until Judge's return. I gave up Kyle Hendricks for Edwin Encarnacion in a 16-team Dynasty Categories League. Grade the trade. 16-team Dynasty Categories League. Give up Hendricks. Get Encarnacion.
0: It's like a B-minus. It's a good, it's yeah, a good deal.
1: Good job. This is from Jesse. Rest of season, Eric Thames or Jake
0: Bowers? Bowers. Playing time's gonna be much more consistent.
1: Brent in Michigan wants the fantasy regulators. I'm not gonna queue up the music because I don't have the iPad out. Um, fourth year of a 10 team head to head points dynasty league. There's a 1 in 15 team in last place. He hasn't made a single lineup or roster move since the first week of the year. <laughs> Why are you in the league, dude? Yesterday, three days before the trade deadline, he decides to start making trades with the team in second place. He gave Chris Davis, K.R.S. Davis, to get Chu and Aguilar. He also gave up Moustakas and Story to get Glaber Torres, Luke Weaver, and Tyler Anderson. The trades were both initially vetoed by the league, but after some complaining by both teams making the trade, the commission allowed them through. While dynasty trades should be allowed between good and bad teams, the last place owner has shown zero interest in playing until now, and I don't believe he's actually acting in the best interest of his team. Um, he he likely would have been removed from the league at the end of the year anyway. The trades don't seem awful, but the situation as a whole is just very sketchy. Is there a solution? And it is important to note, Scott, the trades aren't awful. He gave up Chris Davis no. for Chew and Aguilar, and he In gave. In fact, up,
0: I think he won that trade. The Chew Aguilar getting Chew and Aguilar back for Chris Davis. Come on.
1: And he did. He won the other trade too. It's a dynasty league. He gave up Mustakas and Story for Glaber Torres, Luke Weaver, and Tyler Anderson. Maybe he won. Yeah. Now-
0: yeah, the the dynasty aspect makes Gleber Torres more valuable than it would be in a standard league. But, you know, Trevor Story is pretty valuable in his own right. The trades
1: are and, fine, but the question is this guy hasn't made a move since week one. Now he's making trades with the second-place team. What do you do?
0: Um, uh, I think like if he's showing interest all of a sudden i don't think that's a bad thing you'd rather people be interested than not and I, I i think you talk with him in the off season and get a sense of just how interested he really is and if he's not then you know kind of nudge him out the door uh but you know if he if he's taking an interest all of a sudden i i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing and since the trades aren't the the trades themselves aren't fishy like it's it, you're just worried the only reason you're worrying is because he hasn't shown interest until now, but it's not like these are trades that are really going to uh um you know, hand this guy the title or anything.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, next up we have uh, an email from No Name. He says, Dear Bridges, Banks, and Wainer. I don't know what that is. Uh if Joey Vado only ends up with eighteen home runs, where should Vado get taken next year in both formats?
0: Points League, probably around the second, round round two, round three turn. Roto League, he might drop to round four. He
1: is the number five. Joey Votto is the number five first baseman in points. In Roto, he's probably like 15. I'm just kind of eyeballing it right now. I don't want to count on the air. It's probably really annoying when I do that. But he's worse than Matt Olson and Joey Gallo. In Roto. So, yeah, big difference. Now, that's that's Roto with average. Roto with OVP, you bump him up around. Uh, let's see if we can get a few more emails here from the inbox. Uh, this is from Charlie. I've been starting Kyle Tucker ever since his call-up. Jonathan Scope is on the waiver wire. Should I drop Whoa. Kyle Tucker for Scope? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You should I, do that. I would do that.
1: Grade the trade in an AL-only Roto league. Give up Morales... Torres and Gibson, Morales, Torres and Gibson is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Get Bird, Altuve, and Paxton. So Morales to Bird, Torres to Altuve, Gibson to Paxton. I mean, you're upgrading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so that's that. that's a great. That's player. an easy go. Yeah, it's, he's a little nervous about the Altuve injury, but and I get that. But you probably have to, yeah, have to take that chance. And finally, from J T. Uh, from John, John in Georgia, fourteen-team head-to-head points league. Rank these guys rest of season: Travis Shaw, Miguel Sano, Reese Hoskins, Matt Olson, Justin Smoke. Shaw, Sano, Hoskins, Olson, Smoke.
0: Hoskins is a distant one. I definitely would have put Shaw second. Before these playing time concerns popped up, uh, what format is it? Does he say points? Hoskins mm. won. I think I still go Shaw second in points. Um,
1: then we got Smoke Olson and Snow. That's probably then how I'd I might rank them.
0: go Smoke ahead of Olson in points. Also,
1: yeah, Smoke Olsen, Snow,
0: and then Snow's definitely last.
1: All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for your emails, and we are going to talk to you on Thursday. With uh, the best of June, we will take a look at the – July, rather. We'll take a look at the month of July and look at the best at each position and break it down for you. For Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. This is Fantasy Baseball Today. We'll talk to you Fantasy Baseball tomorrow.